0: The slippery maze of government contracting is fraught with red tape, paperwork, and roadblocks. Although each administration says they seek to minimize the bloat in the process, it somehow remains frustrating. Between the amount of paperwork, to the criteria for filing, to the waiting period, it can be enough to make you want to pull your hair out. Well, today, my guest and I, Stacey Vaughn, are going to talk about some strategies to make the contracting process less intimidating. Ask yourself two questions. Can government contracting become a good portion of revenue generation for my company? And how can I best educate myself to make sure that I am doing the best job possible to get those government contracts? Hey, Mogul Chicks, welcome back to another episode of Mogul Chicks Radio. My name, as you know, is Adrienne Graham. I'm the CEO and founder of Mogul Chicks LLC. I am a self-made businesswoman and strategic growth advisor and serial entrepreneur. I'm an author, publisher, mentor, and all of that stuff. And If you guys don't care about that. But today is my second day back in my show. And I'm so happy that I have gotten back into the flow. Last week, we had a little bit of an incident. With our uh, technical technical difficulties, but I'm <laughs> glad that we're back and we're working on everything today. Um, as you know, we usually have uh, a live feed on Facebook. So, hey to everybody watching on Facebook, and to those of you who are listening to the show or want to listen to the show, you can tune in live at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash chicks. We will only be live streaming the first ten minutes on Facebook, so get good into the conversation, switch on over to Blog Talk Radio and you'll be able to hear the rest of the show. And of course, as always, you can download the episode on iTunes or Google+. So today, my topic is about demystifying the government contract maze. We all know that regardless of who's in the administration, that there's always going to be some red tape and there's going to be some problems or something going on that we don't know about that we should know about. And my guest today, Stacey Vaughn, is going to help us to demystify that process. So I'm very excited to have her come on. Let me tell you a little bit about her first. She is the managing partner of D-Unity Group, LLC, and that's at dunitygroup.com. Yes, the letter D. And she owns it with her husband, Roger, who is a retired Air Force service member. Thank you. Roger, for your service. We all, on behalf of the United States, thank you for that. The Unity Group educates for knowledge, mentor for success, and trains for growth to all businesses who want to obtain government contracts or grants. She is a wife, mother, grandmother, military spouse, so thank you also, and former government service employee and federal contractor to the Department of Defense with over 20 years of experience. She holds a master's degree in business administration, a Bachelor of Science in Human Services from University of Arizona in Tucson, and she teaches and facilitates workshop seminars to foster kids in military families. Thank you, Stacey, for agreeing to be on the show. How are you this morning? Thank you. I'm
1: great. Thank you. It's a good Friday. Nice and sunny out there.
0: Yes. Well, you know what? It's sunny right now in mm-hmm. uh, Florida, but that could change at a dime at any time. You never I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's crazy. It's so crazy. So let's start out. Okay, there's a there is a, I guess, misconception out there, or maybe it's a truth. I don't know if it's a myth or a truth. So maybe you can demystify mm-hmm. this for us. There is a perception that there is, depending on who's the who leads the administration whether it's the R's or the D's, Uh Bush, Obama, Clinton, uh, uh, Trump, whoever, they think that as you, whoever's in the administration, that determines how good or bad the process is. Because, you know, every, every administration comes in and they say, we want to make this easier. We want to help small businesses. We want to help you guys get better contracts and have less red tape. And we never see a change. So can you talk a little bit about, is that a myth or is it a truth? What, what have you seen?
1: It's, it's a little mixture of both. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes when you have one administration one-sided in there longer, mm-hmm. um, the process gets a little bit easier. But the other thing is you have to understand it's all personality driven. So, you know, go- unfortunately, I tell people government employees tend to be longevity in that aspect. Mm-hmm. So... They're very, um, very stale in their new thinking sometimes. Right. And so if they've been in that position for a while. And I say that because I took over a government employee position and he had been on the military base for 30 years mm-hmm. and he had built a practice and set up everything. And then when I came in there to realize he wasn't doing the regulations right, Everybody got mad at me, but when they realized was he wasn't doing it right. He had created his own rules at mm-hmm. that point. And so I think what it is, is you have to be knowledgeable for your business, what the expectations are, because they don't know all the rules. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, it's kind of like going to, I always say it kind of like a policeman. When you get stopped, they don't know all the traffic rules. They know the baselines, and then they have to research those kinds. If you've gone beyond that certain point. But I think overall, in this administration, I can say a lot of state and local contracts are more opened out because the federal is in such a i would call a a, a unique swing, you know some things are moving faster, some things aren't so if you are a business owner and you want some past performance i would highly recommend right now is think about your state your local your county work because their money has been let loose a lot easier than the federal government okay in past some of the federal money was way easier to get into than the state and local you know because they were going through some turmoils so it swings from pendulum from one end to the other I tell people that government contractings have been around a long time it's just they have more knowledge of it now our mm-hmm. first federal government contractor was benjamin franklin you know
0: I that.
1: yeah so it's, it's knowing the history and understanding that it does make a little difference in who's in office just because they bring their own um personnel you know to make final decisions mm-hmm. but it doesn't make It doesn't totally change it completely and say there's no more federal contracts or there's, you know, processes. Um, I think when you had the Bushes, he started some of the pushes, but I think Obama's staff helped push it even more and get some sustainability. So that's, and and who knows with uh, Mr. Trump what he's going to do? Because unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize there's 40 some odd executive positions still not filled, which is very rare. Very rare. So those executive positions are people who have to make final decisions. Well, who makes those decisions? Well, in the meantime, that's the problem right now.
0: Okay. You know? So are they experiencing I, I heard that there was sort of a um if you will, a backlog of applications that are out there right now. And is and I understand when when you're when you're the type of business that government contracting is like a huge percentage of your revenue. And you meet, meet these roadblocks and you run up to these obstacles and if there's delays and paperwork and all that, it could put a dent in your revenue stream. It could really hurt a business. It could actually put a business out of business if they have a contingency plan to have something to back up the government contracts. But I do know in the case of like defense and construction and, you know, those kind of really physical labor type businesses, they get stuck the worst when, when they have this kind of backlog going on. Can you talk about the, the current backlog, what's going on right now? And how would you advise people to kind of balance it out? So they're not making themselves, you know, lose money or lose business. Right. So,
1: I will tell you, you always have to have a contingency plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that our company does is we do what we call an assessment. You know, it's a planning session and you've got to do the what ifs. Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell you that um, most businesses start and they think they're going to be in business forever and they don't diversify enough. They'll do too much commercial or too much government. My other thing is sometimes the federal government's much easier. It's the bigger corporates can be more more contentious, Mm -hmm. you know, a Lockheed Martin or a Home Depot, those kind of things. Right. So one thing is if you don't have somebody, this is where you've got to find, this is where we fill in the gap is what do I do to find somebody who can do some business development, set some processes and contingency plans so that when I do get those government contracts, I'm not flailing out there and getting lost. You know, when we had the um, couple, it was it uh, the year that we had the federal government shut down? There's a lot of businesses didn't get paid for almost six to nine months. Yes. And so, one thing is, we always say you got to find a funder to help you with that situation because it will happen again, unfortunately. You know, yeah. you've got to do those things. And I tell people, federal contracting and state and local contracting is much easier than it was ten years ago. You know, and a lot of people don't realize that, hey, sometimes in the good aspects, Google can be your friend and Google can be too much. Mm -hmm. But it's how to utilize those tools that you've got, but also find resources like us to help you really understand what that means. There's other great resources out there, but sometimes they're just feeding you information, they're not telling you how to implement and execute the process. Right. You know, um, and I also, we, when, in our planning session, we're about diversifying your portfolio in three different areas. We say B to B, B to C, and B to G. And your business to government cannot exceed more than 40%, just because of, you gotta think of government shutdown, elections do make an effect to a certain point um new fiscal year how the money is going to be spent you have to put that in perspective Mm -hmm. and if you don't understand that and government lingo is very daunting and if you don't understand it you've got to hire somebody who knows that lingo and it's not just because they're prior military you got to find somebody who's understanding that contracting uh regiment what the process is you know because that's one thing i have found a lot of companies we've talked to—they've hired a business development guy and or girl, and they're prior military. And I, we appreciate that, but if they've never worked in the contracting and compliance aspect, they're just trying to get you connected, and that's it. And then you're paying a you know six-figure income to somebody who's not going to give you outcomes that you really want. Right. You know?
0: Right. No, that makes perfect sense. So when you said that your company trains people. Well, let's, let's go there because I want people to understand mm-hmm. what it is that you do. And for those of you who are watching on Facebook, I'm sorry, the 10 minutes is up. So that means we're going to have to finish up this <laughs> conversation on here, but go over to mobile chicks. I'm sorry. Go to mobile to listen live, or you can go over to blog talk slash mobile chicks. Thanks for tuning in guys. So Stacy, as far as the, um, the training that you do that you guys do for your clients, what to- what sort of things do you train them on i mean because i think a lot of people think okay i'm in business i'm starting so right. what i'm gonna do is i'll just find some information on the internet and i'll read up on how to do it and i'll go to department of defense or environmental protection agency right. whoever i want to contract with and just read their requirements and i can just pay somebody to fill out the forms for me and submit them what kind of process do you have? Can you walk us through how you train or what the process is to train them and what do they walk away with when they finish your training? So
1: training is making sure you fill out that paperwork properly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's online or um, on paper. One thing I highly recommend because of the internet is you gotta make a paper copy because you can't guarantee the internet is putting your paperwork in there. That's Mm -hmm. why we still have fax machines. Right that second thing we train on is hey we want you to hire somebody we'll train them to know what the keywords are or how to have that conversation with the contracting officer to understand what they're asking for
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: because a lot of times what they put down on paper does not read what they really want a lot of times it's like a job description they throw everything in the kitchen sink to it Mm -hmm. But when you look at the dollar value, if it's not me, it's not logistic or what I call um, ideal in the cost budget and construction people go through this. You got to know how to ask the questions like, Hey, my supplies, are they separate from the contracting costs? Can I ask for that money up front? Mm -hmm. A lot of construction people don't know that they wrap it all up and make it in a pretty bow. And guess what? If you don't break it down in, and show hey this is how much my supplies cost this is how much it costs for me to have an electrician this is how much it costs you know logistically to get you there those kind of things then they are willing to more likely adjust the contracting value than just saying oh it's a million dollars right because that's where we don't you don't ask enough questions you just take it as it is and mm-hmm. you can't i tell people if you build a home you want to know where all your money is going the federal government is the same way. They wanna know every, and I tell people the difference between a grant and a contract is dollars. Okay. In contracting, you could be off a couple dollars. In grants, you can't be off a
0: penny. Okay. So that's a good, a good point. Let's segue into that, the difference between grants and contracts. Because, okay, so from my experience, what I've seen in dealing with small businesses, everyone's moving towards, oh, this, this agency is offering a grant. Everybody's looking for grants, and they run for grants, they run for the free money. But I think that there's a kind of a disconnect between the difference between grants and contracts. And can you tell the, tell the audience why people try to tend towards grants more than contracts, and which is the best option that they should be exploring?
1: So grants are good if you're partnered with a nonprofit. Uh, a rec, a recordable, been in business for a while. They run like a business. Okay? okay. What happens is, and I, I'm a example kind of person. So health and human services, they have a grant for mm-hmm. troubled youth. They'll go to a nonprofit like that deals with children. A lot of times they don't have internal. They know how to run the program, that kind of stuff. But they don't have trainers. They don't have nurses that's where it turns into a contract so as a small business i can tell you we've been on a grant for the last three years um and we're the contractors they didn't have the trainers that's where you have to partner with a nonprofit that's reputable for one that run it like a business Mm -hmm. and there's performance evaluations for everyone so it's not just oh here's the grant and you're good luck on the free money sometimes a grant's more um, complicated and more convoluted than a contract can be. You know, a right. lot of times the contract is very simple and here you go. And oh, you're off a couple hundred dollars. No big deal. On a grant, you cannot be off a couple hundred dollars. You have to explain why you're off a couple hundred dollars. Right. Was it because you didn't uh, track the mileage enough for your trainers? You didn't, um, put in enough money in for the supplies, whatever that is. You got to justify why you're off in the dollar amounts. Right. Um, nonprofit. A lot of people think I love nonprofits, but unfortunately, people think when you start a nonprofit, it starts with your heart. Really, you need to think about it in your head as a business. It's a it's a two line business. Mm-hmm. I always say Bill Gates did not start Gates Foundation. He started Microsoft. And then he built Gates Foundation. Yeah. So that's what a business practice has to do. Uh, Tori Burch, she's one of my favorites. She started her business and in her business plan, she said, in 10 years, I want to start a foundation for women. So mm-hmm. she put it in her processes. I think people need to understand that if you have that, you know, something dear to your heart, that's great. But don't think that's going to start feeding you on the table. It can't, it's got to be a, for profit to get to the nonprofit. And I don't get me wrong, I think nonprofits, some of them are really good, some are not so good. And you need to realize where your money's going. Like right now, unfortunately, there's a ton of scammers with this whole thing with Irma and with Harvey, give money here, give money there. And even the big national ones, if you don't delegate and say, I want it to go to the victims who have no homes or the victims who need vaccination, it just goes into a general pot right and that's really frustrating for somebody like me who knows about government spending and then they get themselves in trouble you know Ooh. so our thing is how do you make sure that you stay in compliance right and basically and i tell people compliance is following the rules you know and asking if you don't understand the rules you got to ask you know, in this day and age, everybody's into sports. It's you always ask before you start playing, did I do this right? Did I do not that right? You know, you gotta set yourself up for success. You can't success, you know, and yes, we're all gonna skin our no, you know, feet and all that kind of stuff, but it's really building to that. Okay, this time I have a client that we bid it on contract, she was off a hundred dollars. Talk about hurting, but we realized we didn't ask some questions. hey would you work with us we also found out the company they bid that gave the bid to was not local and in the contract it had said it needed to be a local bid so we didn't do our due diligence with the contracting officer either right sometimes they're very stuck in their ways and you have to remind them that there's there's more than one person out there in the wheel and their rolodex is very minimal so sometimes another person is like going on that date, you got to spend some time getting to know them. You got to, you know, ask them, hey, do you like to have lunch? Do you like coffee? You know, you got to ask those questions. If you don't, you're just like, oh, they're, they're, they're not God. They're human beings. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the networking aspect of it because I think the, one of the misconceptions is that, oh, it's bureaucracy. So all I have to do is submit a paperwork, submit the paperwork, and I don't have to worry about, reaching out to a human. I could just check in every couple of weeks to see what's going on. And they don't understand that just like with any other kind of business, you have to build that network. You have to make those relationships, you have to make them grow because that's the only way to really get in front of who you need to get in front of, first of all. And second of all, when there's a problem, you'll have your go-to person that will be your advocate. So right. I think networking is a huge component of trying to get government contracting, and a lot of people don't understand it. I think when when people, and I, I don't do government contracting, I, none, none of what I've done so far to date uh, <laughs> has had me wanting or needing to work with the government. You, you never know what'll happen, but as, as to this point, I haven't, but- I'm a big proponent of networking and building relationships. And a lot of people look at it as bureaucracy and they say, oh, it's just paperwork and it's just a faceless government. It's just someone with a badge, which red tape. And they don't stop to think about it. The ones who prosper, the ones who actually get the government contract. Well, aside from, I'll be a little controversial. Aside from the little, the favorites and the darlings that always get the contract. Yeah. there is not a bid, but, um, that's Those what all that, yeah, they, they're the ones that, that build relationships with the bureaucrats. So let's talk a little bit about the bidding process. I know a lot of people don't understand. Can you kind of walk them through what the nuances are? And give I wanted to
1: go back, Yeah, I wanted to go back about the networking. Okay. When you meet a government person, this is a key element I want everybody to understand. Do not get so enthralled in, in doing your pitch right there and you're literally become what I call diarrhea of the mouth. You, you're trying to sell them everything at that point. It's a, Hey, here I am, here's my card. This is what I do. I hope that we can stay connected. You know, I could tell you 80% of our businesses, I met them at an event, we connected on LinkedIn and I'm start conversation with them. Thank you for sure. meeting with me. Thank you for taking this. You do not need to spend more than five to 10 minutes with them because that, that's mm-hmm. all they're going to remember. Mm-hmm. You know, I trust me when I was in government, I literally I had a guy that used to call me all the time and I said look I can't help you win a contract until you come and meet me because they still want that face-to-face and sure enough one day he showed up in my office and we talked Mm -hmm. I understood what he was doing and that's the other thing is if you have a really unique business just just the basics is what they need you do not need to get into the technical I see too many engineers and most of the government contractors they don't have that kind of experience and it goes way above their head. And they got that deer in the headlights looks Yeah, and it just doesn't work, you know? So realize be easy for yourself and for that other person. Hey, here's my card. I want to know how to work with you. That's all you need to say. And then walk away, make it simple and easy. Sometimes that's more intriguing than throwing everything in the kitchen sink to them. I can do everything for you. It just doesn't work that
0: way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, for so the so process um, yeah.
1: yeah for the for the contracting some key elements that i will say make sure all your registrations up to date spend the time um i we had a former client they didn't update their state registration and lost a two and a half million dollar contract Ooh. just on the, just the basic errors you know do it every year at the same time you know i we always update our our federal registration, our state registration, all that in the same time period mm-hmm. because of the fact it just makes more sense, you right. know. Instead of, oh, I got to remember if I renewed my state license, so I got to make sure I renew, you know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Put them on the calendar. The other thing is build your template as you're going along.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you're on a contract and you notice, oh, you know what, we'd and we didn't do this very well, okay, well, next time when we reevaluate we need to bring that to the table you know mm-hmm. so always understand that aspect and I tell people the first 20 pages of any government contract state local federal is their rules and regulations the meat and potato is in the middle so if you don't really need to understand them the, the reg- rules and regulations most of them you do anyway mm-hmm. the meat and potatoes is in the middle that's how I tell people okay and I I do mine differently I read contracts from backwards. So the back page to the front page. Because in the back, there's no regulations. The back is um, expectations, you know, deadlines. Mm -hmm. Some have to be delivered. Some have to be multiple copies, CD, no email, email, fax, those kind of things. Know the details. And I would definitely tell you, do not get to yourself in the wire of, Okay, it's due at 12 o'clock Eastern time, and you're on the Pacific Coast. Yeah, and oh, yeah. by the way, you've had a horrible storm. You're trying to download, and you can't get, get things through. So mm-hmm. I always recommend at least a good 24 to 48-hour cushion so that you work backwards. So if it's due October 15th, you should have it all done, and you're only doing rough, and you're doing the finalization by the 13th so that you have a two-day cushion of the what-ifs. Right. As we know. Um, and, and thank goodness the government is understanding when hurricanes happen, those kind of things. But you got to be prepared to say, you know what? We have it ready. We met it on the date, you know, or we are early. Mm-hmm. And some agencies don't like it early. So you just need to be prepared to have it out there in that aspect. Right. And I always recommend if you win the contract, ask why you want it. You know, every time we always ask why we didn't win it, ask mm-hmm. why you did win it. Is it your pricing? Was it our personnel? Was it the way we structured it? Was it unique? Um, I have seen some great proposals where it's not just about the writing. They had a videotape. They had um, created uh, one of the companies I just helped with. They did one of those um, uh, cartoon, you know, mm-hmm. on YouTube where they did a little cartoon and these are the expectations of right. coming spent the money understand that writing a contract cannot be free you're going to have to spend some money for the team and you the owner or your subject matter expert are going to be able to fill in just a little part it's all the other stuff to package it is where you're going to have to find somebody to help you with that because you got to know how to package that because what i can tell you what birmingham the city of birmingham's proposals are not as convoluted as it is in the city of Atlanta yeah gotcha. so that's you got to understand the demographics and dynamics of every area I can tell you in California in Los Angeles you gotta you gotta really stick out differently from anybody else because yeah. there's the population makes a big difference right. you know yeah. in Kansas in Kansas they don't have if they're a minority they don't have a lot of minorities so that's going to be your standout but you got to know that you have the professionalism I yeah. think the other thing is, Showing your team the diversity is so so important. Male, female, ethnic background is so important because that means that you're aware of the situations of life out there, that you're not one-sided, you yeah. know. And if your owner, and I say this um in in true heartness, is that if your owner is from a foreign country and has a heavy accent, mm-hmm. you need to have somebody who has a strong English language presence because you don't want your contracting officer straining to understand the requirements at that point.
0: No, I agree. I agree. Those tips are so wonderful. Thank you so much. Can you give the audience, we're down to, okay, well let me, for those of you who are listening, we're down to the last two minutes of the live broadcast. So we're going to continue after we go off the air. So make sure you download off of, Google Plus or iTunes or go to mobilechicksradio.com to hear the rest of the conversation and the bonus material. So with that said, can you uh, break down for us what are some of the, what, what, what should a person look for? Should they go to... The local municipalities first, should they go straight to the big uh, federal government contracting? Can you kind of compare and contrast which ones have better or easier processes than others for a first-time person looking to go into government contracting?
1: Yeah. A couple things I recommend. You need to be in business for at least two years. Okay. Get some performance under you.
0: Uh, unless
1: you are very unique, and I there's some that are, they were past federal employees or government, you know, they may have a little bit more leg up than others okay. on some things. Um, I, some of the ones that I really recommend, is it's funny that you ask, I like utility companies okay. like uh, Waterworks or electrical company. You'd be surprised. A lot of people don't realize what they realize. It's somebody holding a sign and they don't have internal personnel. Mm-hmm. You know, um, federally, think about the smaller agencies. Uh, Department of Defense is very big very huge you got five military entities involved they all speak their own little language the army speaks different than the Navy Air Force all those so you have to put that in perspective and then think about what your differentiator is that you're going to bring bring value to that agency or entity right the other one um, some people like the city ones be careful with the city ones you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot and it's the lowest price and then you can't fulfill it and you're going in the hole so right. be realistic with yourself in that aspect and ask the questions the more it's a numbers game i tell people it's like las vegas you got to keep playing the numbers you may pay you may put you may. i can tell you for us um our third year in we probably put in 10 um proposals and we didn't win any that year you know that was like one a month almost the following year we only put seven and we won one see how the numbers kind of Mm -hmm. vary Mm -hmm. economics pay a difference too you know so you got to put that in perspective you know some states are doing better than others Mm -hmm. but i like major utility companies here in in georgia we got georgia power you know water companies are always looking for something that kind of gives you some past performance and get an idea what some the government process looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, Defense firms, some are very hard to get into. The reason why is they've been burnt like we have. They've been burnt by small businesses saying they could do everything in the farm and then when they get the contract, they can't meet the requirement. Mm -hmm. So you have gotta be realistic with yourself and don't throw them on a a team of 20, maybe they only need one of your team members. Start with something simple and build to that. my husband Roger was on a contract. They only needed one. I was okay. Go, go, take him, make him happy, and then we. I can fill in somebody to do his job. It was way easier than that aspect. And the other thing is, find consultants that you can be on call. They're ten ninety nine contracts. You know, and I always say, build a contract where it's we'll hire you as contract needed, not whenever. It's needed because that contract could start for three months, stop because economics or elections or whatever, and they can start back up again, you know? And um, I can say in this day and age, consulting is not a bad word anymore. It used to be kind of a bad situation, but more big companies are looking for consultants. They want a third eye to give them real feedback and build that relationship with them. I used to ask when I consulted, do you want to hear the the honest truth or the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. And they would laugh, but they would say, oh no, we need to, uh, I said, but the honest truth, you are not going to be happy based on the feedback of what I'm saying. And I always say feedback, it's not criticism, because feedback gives less, It will give a lesser impression of my own personal values, it's a, it's a, it's a, hey, this is what I'm seeing, you know? So I think that's the other thing you, and you've got to find somebody in your team. If it's not the owner, find somebody with a dynamic personality that can look both sides of the table that doesn't get one sided.
0: And it's all about our company because you may not look so good. Right, right. I'm glad you brought that up about your team, because that was going to be the next question that I had for you. Um, I know that a lot of times there have been people that focus on, Hey, you know, I can hire as I go along, or they take the route of subcontracting out. Some some people, well, let me back up. Some people don't realize that they can subcontract out the work, but even when they do figure out that they can do that, sometimes the process is convoluted and they end up either messing up the contract or losing the contract or burning bridges with subcontractors. So I think that there needs to be some kind of of internal process in place to determine, okay, how do we build up our, our stable of 1099 consultants and at the same time have backup subcontractors so that they can come on and we don't lose out on a gig. Now, it's a lot of people, especially in construction and, you know, those kinds of trades, they do work with subcontractors. Right. They don't want to lose out. And I think that in pursuing those bids, and I had a, a client that part of his revenue was from government, government contracts. Part of pursuing the bid, he was so concerned about looking so much bigger than what he was. And then when he finally won a contract, it was, okay, what do I do? And when he scrambled to get subcontractors, he was on a timeline. He was on a deadline and ended up hiring several subcontract companies for different portions of the contract. And one of them really dropped the ball and it reflected badly on his company. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up about building your stable and making sure that you have your people in place.
1: And I can tell you personally, when I was on a contract, it was just when the Iraq war hit, I was the second person hired. And they won this government contract. And they realized they were not gonna meet we were not gonna meet the deadline. They wanted 50 people hired in, in a month. It's just it was not gonna happen. Yeah. It was unrealistic.
0: And I so wish I, you knew me back then because you know my I my know. Pre- past life was recruit was a recruiter, and I can knock out those 50 people. <laughs> I, don't do I, that
1: would, you know, I have I have a ton of recruiter friends because of that. <laughs> I called did every favor. Yes. I had I at that point I had two cell phones, a pager, uh-huh. on my phone ringing off the hook. But what I did was, I just was honest with the contracting officer. I called her and I went up to her office and I said, "Look, I was not on the bid, so mm-hmm. I can't, uh, you know, say that this is my work. But I can honestly tell you, as the person who's doing operations and personnel, there's not. This is not realistic." She right. goes, "I am so glad you said that." I said, "I know it may hurt us." but can we get an extension? Because you got a war going on, you're trying to feed people, get them there. I can't guarantee, as a person, I can't guarantee we're gonna get 50 people. I just need to make sure that we're not gonna get penalized. She goes, that's the biggest thing that people don't understand is communicating to the contracting officers, what we agreed on on paper may need to be adjusted because of whatever the situation is. Mm So I think that's the other thing that people have a misnomer is you got to communicate. You got to communicate all the time. How are we doing? How are we not doing? Hey, are you having a good day? Because that will make a difference in the conversation you're having with that person. Construction is always a, a daunting situation, but construction and most of them are men that own construction firms don't need don't know how to say hey we're we're meeting our timeline or hey, we're having a little adjustment because of this. Mm-hmm. But I think you need to know how to communicate that. You can't just say, oh, it's a crappy day and we're not gonna make our timeline. Cause they're like, oh God, again? You just don't wanna be in that situation. And I I know when you have a subcontractor that fails and I've seen it, I'm like, why did they bother? You gotta have other people in place. Oh, sorry, our subcontractor, and this has happened to a client of ours. Their subcontractor failed, she, end up being the prime she was a sub so it happens so now she's running the contract they're so happy that she's like i gotta make sure that my subcontractor is just as good as i am and more so Mm -hmm. so i think that's where people need to know that you got to interview a lot and you've got to have at least three on the standby even personnel subcontractors whatever and build that rolodex. If you don't have it, that's what we do. We help you build that rolodex because you you got to go through some vetting processes. There's some bad eggs, definitely. But no, and sometimes you can go to an SBA and they can refer you. Sometimes they can't. You can go to a technical procurement center. They can refer you. Sometimes they can't but know where your good resources are and where ones are not so good, but really build that process. And that's really having that business development person in your, in your pocket. And you don't need to have one full time. You've mm-hmm. got to have somebody who is continue as is con, um, continuous, but effective as I, I always want to
0: say. Right. I agree. Absolutely. So I'm um, down to my final two questions. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but i We talked about diversity, and we talked about diversifying your 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 team and things like that um, and you did point out a very valid point a, a lot of the government contracts men usually pitch for them, and women we don't step up to the plate as much for these government contracts, be they on the local level or the federal level or the state level. and I think that there is a maybe a fear I don't want to misspeak for my audience, but I think that there is a fear. Of women applying and actually there was someone that I spoke with that said we can't get enough women to apply for the government yeah. contracts. so what advice would you give to women in terms of seeking out government contracts dropping that fear and just start getting into the process and getting their, getting their feet wet?"
1: if you look at the government contracting personnel mm-hmm. most of them are women hmm. women to women we, we network, we talk differently than we do to a man. So you gotta put that in perspective. The other thing is, we know how to ease a room if we're good at it. Yeah. I, when I'm nervous, I will crack a joke. That's my way of breaking the ice. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out what that is. Um, but for a woman, it's a man's world. It really is. And you've gotta know how to play the game but you know what a smile some laughter and 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 letting because if you're too serious they're like oh she's a hard nose and if you're too com- comedic you know too laughter they're thinking oh you're not serious mm-hmm. so you got to find that that middle line for that the other thing is make them understand that you're serious about your business you you want to put all this time and effort i mean i i talk to a lot of government people and i tell them one of sometimes you they feel fear when they're they're just the average person too so you can't have that fear show the other thing is we're i feel like women we can tend to have that conversation of where do you go buy that shirt where did you get your hair done that small talk can grow into that next opportunity in that aspect and um women we're about the details Mm -hmm. so be detailed i have a guy he says oh i don't remember you so i jokingly said to him how many females oriental do you know that were in government contracting he goes you're right i should not forget you <laughs> you know so yes. you got to remind them that you 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 ha- you're not just a kid around the block and you just started this you got to build some reputation at that point you know mm-hmm. and um, i will tell you when my husband and i go to networking events we divide and conquer and it is yes. it is it's about he talks to the females i, I talk to the males it's a gender situation, but they do. They don't want to talk to another guy half the time. They want to talk to a nice girl. So you have to put that in, in that thought process. But when you're going to a government agency entity, realize mm-hmm. maybe they didn't build a rapport with you, but they may have with your engineer. That's okay. It's not, don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. You got to understand where the connection is. Absolutely. I know I know somebody who won a contract because they both have Doberman Pincherman's dogs. Wow it was a simple conversation that they had so i can tell you as a woman you got to stand strong don't let them beat you down trust me i i have been through it all and i can also say to you is you got to find the softer side sometimes they got to see that that you are a little vulnerable but not to say that you're so uh, fluffy and cuddly it's hey i'm a i'm a real person with feelings too you right. know
0: yeah, a um, real person who's serious about their business—that's what the way it has to be. And um, there's a quote that I put on my Instagram and uh, in, across social media uh, on one of my motivating days that I, I did the meme. It says something about you have to learn the rules of the game and then play them better than everyone else. Right. You so, sure do. You mm-hmm. sure do.
1: And and realize you're not going to win a government contract tomorrow, but. If that's in your vision board, your business processes, whatever, if you don't write it and say it, it won't happen, is what I always say.
0: Absolutely. I agree. So I I could have this conversation all day. I wish I could. (laughs) But can you give, what would be your your top three tips to women looking to start up or continue or get their, I guess their second win back and, and, and get over the defeat and get back into the saddle? To Start acquiring government contracts, what would be your top three tips
1: uh, top three tips is be good at the one industry that you're at don't sell them everything in the kitchen sink you know don't tell them I'm a speaker one day and then I'm also a trainer and you know if you're going into government contracting and you're a trainer, stick mm-hmm. to the trainer. The speaking will come that's what I always say. I was never into a speaking, and it's happened mm-hmm. you know um, The other thing is look at what your specialty when you, if you're coming from a, you're transitioning or retired from one position to another, it may not be what the government's buying, but there may be an outlier of it. So let me give you an example. I have a friend who's a nurse and she loved the equipment that they, we, they used. So now she sells to the government specialized medical equipment, cause she knows that, but she was a nurse. So understand that there's a little crossover in that aspect and then um third i would say really network with some key people that could really mentor you and and mentors mean they tell you the truth they don't sugarcoat it you know and i think in this day and age um i have a young girl a millennial she's like i'm just tired of working for corporate and i told her but what do you like about corporate well Mm -hmm. of course we all love the the steady paycheck i said jen you have to have an exit plan and that exit plan's got to be and I said pick a date and we'll go from there if you don't pick a date it's just kind of a what if you know I'll, I'll eventually get there and I think that's really important that when you find a mentor and don't take up all your mentors time your mentor is hey I, I need a quick advice you know I, I need to know um, could you look at this or do you know somebody your mentor is not somebody to throw them and give them all your business it's just a little bit to get you past that next
0: hump right absolutely i agree thank you so much what do you have yeah. coming up? do you have anything special that the audience needs to know about are there any classes or any initiatives that you have coming up that you want them to know about this go ahead and plug away
1: yeah um so duna group we have one called bourbon and biz up here in atlanta on the 18th of october um, and they can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at dunitygroup.com. It's all one word. And um, WIP, which is Women in, in Policy, um, Public Policy, that's mm-hmm. a good one for if women woman-owned business, kind of wanting to hear the ear about government contracts, what the policies are about women industries. Um, they've actually added new industry, I think 17 new industry codes especially okay. for women-owned businesses so you gotta keep your ear to the ground mm-hmm. um i tell businesses get into social media because the government is they have they're posting a lot of i have a couple agencies that aren't i know they're putting out feelers what do you do how do you work which you know those kind of things so you'll be surprised what the government's doing on social media believe it okay. or not okay and um we haven't gotten, we haven't gotten a class, uh, ramped up for this year, but mm-hmm. we'll give a th- 30 minute consultation about where you're at and kind of go from there. We have clients all over the United States and overseas. So we don't, we're not picky, okay. but we also about, you know, what's the best innovation and, in, you know, step forward for your business. You can't just say, I kind of want to do this. It's a, you do it or you don't. Right. So I think the biggest misnomer, um, But yeah, I think for businesses, they need to know that there is more growth out there, more expectations, but if you don't know how to play in it, you better
0: get somebody who can help you get into that in that ball field. Right, absolutely, I agree. So final thoughts, as far as contacting you guys, how can they, what are the best ways to contact you?
1: Um, The best way is probably email at the info at DUNI group. Um our number our phone number is six seven eight seven zero one eight four nine five they can leave us a message or text us and say, hey, I would love to do a thirty minute consultation with you okay. um, and then we'll 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 see if we can help you because we don't help everybody. I, you know I'm not about trying to say we could do everything because we're not, you know yes. and I my um, saying I always say is one size does not fit all at at four foot ten and a half I can tell you it just <laughs> It doesn't. And government contracting may not be for you for this next year or two, but something that you want to put for the future. Right. I agree.
0: Well, as far as a four foot ten and a half, my sister's four eleven, so don't feel bad. <laughs> so, if you guys um, that want to take advantage of a consultation and, and get to know Stacy and her team, uh, make sure if you text them, call them, or email them, use the code mogulchicks, and you can um, she'll know that you listen to her on the show. So make sure you include Mogul Chicks with an X, of course. Um Stacey, thank you so much. Um, I definitely want to keep in touch with you. I can see some synergies in the future between Mogul Chicks and what you guys are doing. And it's all about helping women, getting them educated, getting them prepared, their confidence boosted so that we can get them to be better business women and build companies and ultimately empires and legacies that they can passed down to their children and grandchildren. So I really enjoyed this conversation and we will be welcoming you back. Uh, and, and we're going to, if you hold on after we go off the air, then we can talk about a couple of things. But <laughs> those of you who are listening, make sure you download the replay where you can catch everything that you missed on iTunes, on Google Play. If you go to mobilechicksradio.com, you'll see the buttons where you can download and you can also subscribe and listen to us live every Friday at 1030. And if you haven't gotten the issue of the, the, pre, the current issue of Mogul Chicks Magazine, what are you waiting for? Go to MogulChicksMagazine.com. And those of you who are in Mogul Chicks Academy, I will see you guys on Wednesday for our final class of the spring term. And then you guys who are going to be joining in October for the fall Mogul Chicks Academy, I'll see you guys October 25th. This is Adrian Graham, CEO and founder of Mogul Chicks, LLC. And it's all about making mogul moves and power plays. It's your move. Take care, guys.